Now, back to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Great to have you here, 803 on Tuesday. Boy, we got a reaction from that last segment. I was listening to the other side. I don't agree with it. I was listening to it. I just think everyone has to take a big step back and a big deep breath. And I think everyone should be responsible and take responsibility. I'm a simple gal. Um, Up next, let's talk about a story that caught my eye because I'm not generally a big fan of human rights tribunals until I hear a story like the next one involving a Pickering family that is taking their case to the tribunal hoping to force the Durham District School Board to install an air conditioning for their children. Their two children, six-year-old Max, four-year-old Malia, have what is a rare genetic skin condition called epidermal lysis biloma. It's an extremely painful condition that causes these huge, huge blisters and wounds that open up because their skin is so, so delicate. And when it gets hot, as it does in our very stuffy old AC schools, these blisters can flare up. So these kids are called butterfly kids. And their skin is as delicate as a butterfly's wings. And I've come to know about these butterfly kids because a butterfly boy in Ottawa uh, named Jonathan Petre has really put a name on the issue. These kids require daily salt baths to ward off infection, often wrapped in bandages to prevent further blisters. So what these parents are asking for are that their children don't have to suffer so that they can do their studies in a classroom that is cool. You know, kind of like the personnel, the bosses, the principal, they get air conditioning. And these kids also go to a French immersion school. So, you know, they can't really go anywhere else. Otherwise, they have to change their curriculum. So despite the doctors and the specialists sending letters, the board says, no, they can't do it. Just too expensive. Even though they've been spending millions of dollars in other schools to retrofit them. This one is just not on the on the list. Let's bring in Heidi Gabriella. She is the mom of these two kids. And I'm glad you can uh, join us to talk about this issue. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Reading your story with uh, interest because I think on the surface, when you hear, you know, parents demanding air conditioning for their kids, uh, you know, they kind of roll their eyes. But if they understand really the pain that your your kids suffer and the absolute challenge that they go through day to day, including you and your husband, they'll feel differently. Uh, I think so, too. And we we really want them to have a as normal as life as possible. So we encourage them to do certain things, but um, having a moderate temperature, uh, reduced humidity environment is definitely something that would make things just a little bit easier for them. Um, and we're not opposed to that at all. <laughs> Look, the, the, the school is, I guess, older. Um, is it able to get a retrofit of one of those window ACs? Is it, could um, that be done? We have asked for that. Um, we haven't been given a reason as to uh, really why. Um, I think the board has um, made their accommodations clear with respect to providing fans in the classroom and um, offering this uh, alternative school or another school that has is fully air-conditioned, um, but 
as mentioned in the article from today, it's outside of our community. It's in Ajax, um, and it doesn't offer the same services uh, with respect to French immersion that our school does. And we don't need the entire school air-conditioned. Sure, it would be great. <laughs> no, it would be great uh, for every kid because come yeah, June, so. <laughs> the classrooms are very hot. Um, but we just need a moderate temperature in their classroom. And it's not. it doesn't need to be freezing. It just needs to be not as hot as it has been. <laughs> okay, so there will be those that say, well, you know, you're going to have to move your children. If, if it's, you know, their education is that important, either homeschool them or you know, take them to another school, to which you say what? Um, That's kind of upsetting to me um, because I know that if it was their children, they would do anything possible to make them have as normal of life as possible. And, you know, I think back to the fact that, you know, we have all these food allergies um, and food sensitivities. Um, Should we put all the kids with peanut butter allergies in the same school? So that we could all eat peanut butter. That's just kind of the the discriminatory attitude I hear when people say, "Oh, you should just keep them at home." Well, okay, let's just shut them and let's forget about them instead of them participating um, in society. So it's pretty so, upsetting. So, in other words, go ahead. I just it's pretty upsetting. Yeah, I mean, because you want them to have as normal a life as they can. I mean. Take me through a day. I know what Jonathan Petre, I know what he has had to go through with his condition. Take me through a day of what it's like to care for six-year-old Max and four-year-old Malia. Um, well, Jonathan has um, a different subtype than uh, Max and Malia do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the dominant form, which uh, is, I, I don't want to say less severe because it's an all EB is severe, uh, but it's not to the extent that Jonathan has. Uh, for Maximilian, it affects primarily the jointed areas of the body. So it's always protecting ankles and toes and changing shoes repeatedly, um, looking out for blisters. Like, I definitely got a Hawkeye for blisters. I'm like, what's that on your ankle? You know, and every morning before the socks go on, you know, we check for blisters. We make sure that everything's protected and all that stuff. So it's it's difficult. And um, bandaging, bathing, all those things. Well, yeah, the ba- in the summertime, the bathing is difficult because, um, you know, you come home from school, you want to go to the park to play, but, you know, it's bath day. We got to soak in salt water. And, and how long do they soak? Um, at least 30 minutes um, to soak off the bandages and to um, void off in, or ward off infection so that... Uh, that's uh, an inflammation. That's what the salt does. Um, so we just got to keep the affection, infection at bay because with that comes more pain, right? So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I, if you look at the pictures, um, for those who are not familiar with it, just take a look at the pictures of this kind of condition because what you'll see is these kind of gaping wounds that form out of these blisters. And, and it's quite painful on their knees, their joints, their their ankles, elbows, that kind of thing. But you know, it's quite something that they go through this. You want to provide a normal life. So what is your ultimate goal? What will you be able to, um, you know, live with, you know, through a board decision? Um, what our hope is, is that both Max and Malia will be able to stay in their own community where their support system is. Mm-hmm. Um, because as they- I understand, her teachers, their teachers, 
are also uh, educated and know how to take care uh, of the kids. Been, they've been wonderful. The the office staff has been amazing with respect to listening to the kids, how they know how to take care of their own skin. They know how to, the procedure is. They just need an extra hand to do it. And, you know, they've been wonderful at helping to accommodate for their their blisters and their skin rips and all that stuff. Um, but with respect to, you know, going to a different community where once again, they're, we have to teach all these new people about what to do. Um, they're embarrassed because their friends don't know anything about it. You know, they've been at this school already and in this community since they've been born. So people around here know about them, mm-hmm. right? So that's a positive thing. But and, so essentially you're asking that your your children be treated as someone who maybe needed wheelchair access. Yes, yes. Like they're going to be living here like it's they're just starting out school. It's not like they're going to be leaving school anytime soon. Um so I'm talking about the normal things that kids do in a community. If they go to a school in Ajax, they're never going to be able to stop at the park on their way home to play with their friends. It will always be coming home on the bus or however they're being transported. And then that's a lengthy period of time mm-hmm. as opposed to the short jaunt to the school. And then it's bath and bandages and it just adds to the already long day. So, Well, we'll continue following your story. We'll wait and see what happens with the tribunal and we'll talk to you again. Heidi, thank you. Thank you very much. As Heidi Gabriella joining us. And I know it's easy to kind of say, well, what makes them so unique? Why should they get special treatment? Well, because we see this government waste hundreds of millions of dollars on crap, on scandal, on nothing. And all they're asking for in an older school, if they can put in uh, a space pack, which you can buy, or a air conditioning unit, why not? If they have this kind of condition, which should be treated as a disability, why don't they qualify for that? That tribunal is coming up in uh, in about a month and a half, so we'll, we'll follow and see what happens with that, but certainly raises an interesting issue.